ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and All Seasons Tabletop Studio, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, The Fight for Medical Freedom Here in the State of Virginia. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Hey, hey Mike, uh, am I getting better on my behavior? Uh, yes, you are, but it depends on how you're defining it today. Ouch. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben, and let's give a warm welcome to our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing fantastic, Ben, and you? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it got any better, I would swear the deck was stacked. But uh, no, it's always good to be here in the studio. As we have said this before, it is a big mental release for me and sort of mental medicine, but I'm always excited to inject our listeners with the absolute undiluted truth. That's right. We're not, we're not being injected by anything else here, that's for sure. So uh, I'm ex- I am very excited today because we have someone here local, as the title of the episode mentions. This is about the state of Virginia and the fight that's taken, uh, taking place here. But it is far-reaching, some of these uh, issues that we'll be talking about. Uh, But I'm excited. I have not met Karen other than on the phone a few times, and I've talked to her enough. I feel like we, you know, we sort of know each other a little bit. Karen, uh, welcome. Uh, We're bringing on Karen Reardon, uh, a local uh, individual that is fighting for medical freedoms here. But, But welcome. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, well, it's great to have you. And uh, we, I, I'm not sure if uh, I mentioned this to you before. We are actually, I haven't got the, uh, the last word as far as how many countries we are downloaded in, uh, Ben. Oh, um, last I checked, uh, we were up to 47. 47, wow. con- 47 countries that were downloaded in. And uh, when we started this, Karen, we were just hoping in that a handful. We wanted to do something for uh, the people that we you know, loved, the people that we knew uh, as we uncovered truth. And we just felt like we need to do something. And that's why we appreciate you so much coming on here and doing something about what has been happening, not just around the world, but more specifically here in the state of Virginia. So the name of your uh, organization is No Mandates Virginia. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. And I, we started off very much the same way as you all did, wanting to do something instead of sitting around and watching it just happen to us. Very good. And I hope you guys get sort of a... <laughs> Um, the the same mental uh, release or or healing I should say as as we do, and one of the things that I say is that I get so frustrated sometimes about what's going on that 
I feel like my brain is about to just burst, and I'm just <laughs> just wrapping it <laughs> time and time again with duct tape. So we keep a big supply of duct tape on uh, on on board here. But um, mm. yeah, frustration can be a big motivator. Well, yes, and of course, uh, you come across a lot of different. Uh, I guess personalities and and different ways of looking at things and people that look at what I consider truth very differently. And of course, one of the things that Ben and I had stated when we started this, we talked about how people sift information, and we do not here on uh, this podcast we do not sift information by R D or I, being no. that it's Republican, Democrat, or Independent. We sift information based on facts and and research and and et cetera. So, but there's so many people we find we can give them information and they've got to check almost like a default. Okay, well I'm an R. I got to do it this way. I'm a D. Right. I've got to sift this information that way and come and respond that way. Mm-hmm. And that is so not really the <laughs> the correct way or recommended way to sift through information, especially as critical as it is today and has gotten, but um, Agreed. I, I yeah. am, yeah, go ahead. No, my, my loyalty is to the truth, not to a political party, especially yeah. when it involves the health and welfare. Absolutely. Thank Yeah, That's absolutely. Good, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for that. So I want to go ahead and just give you the floor here. You've got a, a, a sort of a personal story and then a story about uh, one of your family members. I believe it's your dad. And um, I, I really appreciate the personal stories, and I think that goes a long way reaching people uh, with the truth. So, Karen, I'm just going to just sort of uh, step aside, uh, if you will, and just give you the floor and just tell us your story and, and basically why you're doing what you're doing and, and all places in between. Right. So I'll, I'll start back in the beginning, which is uh, what really started lighting the fire under me. It's hard for me to sit back and watch things happen and wait around for someone else to do something about it. So, you know, when all of this um, COVID insanity started back in 2020, I watched my children's schools close down. Um, that's what really incinerated um, that spark initially. And, and what happened was I uh, went to the county where my kids were in school and I tried to have a discussion with the school board and found out in very short order that their loyalty was not really to patient or to, sorry, to parents or their students. It was really to the teachers association. So the unfortunate mm-hmm. piece of school board members being elected is that they tend to um, follow the wishes and will of those who put them in their office. And in this case with the school board, it was the teachers association. So um, that's really what um, got my attention when it, when it comes to COVID and what was going on. Um, shortly thereafter, um, I also have a child at UVA and we received notice that they were requiring the COVID vaccine for him to attend school. Right. And that was, um, very upsetting to me. I've been in the pharmaceutical biotech industry for about 25 years. And so when these things came out as quickly as they did, the first thing I wanted to do was look at the data. And of course, what I found out very quickly was that 
there really was none. There was no good data. There were no peer-reviewed studies. There was no good phase three clinical studies to look at. And um, because, you know, when you put a product out like this that can make such fundamental changes to your body, um, you really have to look at what the long-term outcomes may be. Mm-hmm. And in this case, there weren't any. We we had no idea what it was going to be. And there have been so many products that have come to market that we really, you sometimes you really don't see safety signals um, for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so to bring a product out like this that had no clinical research behind it was very upsetting to me. Um, so what I did initially was I thought, well, you know, I... I would really love to get the attention of UVA and find out why they're doing this, what's their motivation, and what have they seen about these shots that they believe are going to be successful and safe. And the first thing I did was to try to reach out to UVA and talk to those who were making these policies. And of course, um, those people were not reachable. They really didn't Mm. have any interest in talking to me or any other parent. They had made their decision and their decision was final and that's how they were moving forward. The interesting piece about it was that they made that decision in May for um, with a deadline of July 1st. So when you consider the fact that to be fully vaccinated, most of these students would have to have had two shots with three weeks in between them, that didn't really give them any time to even think about it or consider Um, taking these shots and whether or not they would be good for them. And I felt very much that that was done purposely. um, Mm. And that also really upset me. So the first thing I tried to do was to launch a a sort of a social media campaign. And I was going to call UVA out and ask them to either make a public statement regarding the safety and efficacy of these products or either remove the mandate Of course, I did that knowing that I was not going to get a response, but the purpose was really to call them out publicly on it. Um, I ran into a number of roadblocks trying to do that. Um, None of the social media companies or local media companies would take my business to launch the social media campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, I was stalled for several weeks. Um, There was, you know, I was trying to do it quickly because of that deadline um, and they were stalling me. Mm-hmm. So I finally just threw in the towel and decided I would launch a page on Facebook and, and go from there. And so that's really how it all began. I launched the page in June of 2021. Um, and, wow. um, yeah. So, you know, I, 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 the purpose was to call UVA out. It was also because I knew there were a lot of people out there who felt the way I did, but I also mm-hmm. knew that people weren't comfortable speaking out. We were, living in a, in a time and actually it's continued up until now where if you spoke out against these things you were villainized and ostracized and you know called stupid and all sorts of other things and people weren't mm-hmm. really willing to speak out and mm-hmm. i just knew in my heart of hearts that um, there were many people out there who felt the way i did and i wanted to let them know that they were not alone and I hoped in doing so, they would be willing to start speaking up as well. Yeah. And so that was really what launched it from the beginning. Okay. So let me a quick question here. Uh, you mentioned that you had sought local uh, uh, media, uh, uh, social networks, or something to that effect. Um, mm-hmm. What, I mean, if you don't mind saying, what, yeah. what were you trying to do here locally that just got nowhere? Uh, before you went to Facebook? I was just curious. 
Well, there are companies, uh, local media companies that have um, services in launching social media campaigns. So I would create content and then they would put it on Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, whatever other social media sources we could reach out to and start that campaign where they would purchase um, advertisement to put um, the content out on those on those sites. But um, every time I turned around and tried a different avenue to get it done, I was stonewalled and delayed and I finally got frustrated. It became super apparent very quickly of what was going on and I wasn't going to allow them to continue to, to waste time that was when it was really important for me to start it right away. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Yeah. yeah. All of this, it, you know, and I, and I hope our listeners are really taking note of that. Ben and I, we're sitting here just shaking our heads. Well, that's par for the course. That that's happened, and it's still happening, yeah. unfortunately. So, right. But well, um, well, one thing I found interesting is, and this is totally unrelated to anything really, but uh, she started her uh, Facebook campaign about the same time we started this podcast. Well, because <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it was June twenty last year that we started. Yeah, this, we've this journey so yeah we've been uh, well kind of interesting past yeah well well, uh, sounds like the same power was nudging us at the same time yeah Uh, so it just i think for many of us things needed to be needed to be done and you know uh, as they say when push comes to shove i guess uh we were tired of getting pushed around and we were shoving back i guess is is sort of the way i like to look at it um so so basically, all of this, you know, your, uh, I guess, beginnings and in, in pushback on this began with your son having to get, you know, mandating, you know, mandated the, vac- the vaccination. And I, I wanted to ask, how much had you researched uh, by yourself with with this or was most of your... I guess understanding based on your your pharmaceutical uh, biotech uh, background. Well, I, I started researching it. Um, um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a science nerd. I, I love to find clinical research and read it and really mm. dig down into yeah. it. I've been in the industry long enough to, you know, see little things that they can do with methodology for predetermined outcomes or <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, uh, confidence intervals that aren't super strong or even just observational studies and, and what the weaknesses are with those types of things. So I really wanted, I really wanted to look at it and find that it was a good thing. Yes. And the problem was, is that I just couldn't find it. And I knew enough from my history in this industry to know that when you go into your body's immune system and you start messing around with things like messenger RNA, mm-hmm. um, it's a very slippery slope and it can be very dangerous. And so that's yeah. why I was really concerned from the outset about mm-hmm. what exactly it was they were trying to do um, with this messenger mRNA and what were going to be the implications of that. Right. And the problem was there's there's just not a lot of research. No, it, no, it isn't. And the little bit that they just looking back uh, with the corona and looking at vaccines that were prior to 2019, all of those studies, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that I have come across with uh, lab animals such as ferrets, uh, specifically, 
when these animals, once they were injected and released back into the wild and exposed to the virus, they all died. Uh, right. And and that you know, and and if that's what you're basing your your research on or your reasoning to, hey, let's save uh, lives. I'm 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 left scratching my head, you know, big time, and and that scratching Absolutely. really is, it, it has not stopped. It really hasn't. So, right. Um, and and from the beginning, you know, I, I'm not an anti-vax person. Like I said, I've been in this industry for quite a while. I believe mm-hmm. this industry has done some great things, but I, I've also seen some things that aren't so great. And I was very concerned about this. Um, you know, I through just my own knowledge and experience, I know that there are RNA that are implicated in certain types of cancers like lymphomas. So that was mm-hmm. the first thing that really piqued my interest when I when I saw they were they were messing around with um, the immune system, and so I really wanted to believe that these things were going to be good. And I just to the, to this day, not only have I not found the evidence that I believe makes them safe and effective, but actually quite the opposite. Yeah, and that that brings up several other questions, um, and and I don't want to get uh, sidetracked here. So, you you were up to this point, and you were trying to sort of um, put a spotlight on UVA right. and what they were doing, mm-hmm. and uh, so you you got on Facebook, and yeah, how how did did you ever get a response from anyone at the university? No, of course not. No, uh, I mean, it, it's hard enough to get them to respond to FOIA requests with any regularity. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, they they are uh, UVA is up in an ivory tower where they feel like they can uh, lord over all of those underlings and uh, without question. And um, many of us are here to tell them that's not really the case. So, yes, yeah, so we we launched that page in an effort to call them out and found out very quickly within about six weeks that we absolutely were not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. Our analytics from Facebook came back with about um, 40,000 page um, visits and upwards of 20,000 post engagements. So in very short order, um, people were engaging and reaching out. And, you know, to this day, I still get people reaching out. I just got a, a message from a lady the other day out in the UK. And so this is, you know, this, this is, um, you know, it started out being called No Mandates UVA, and after a while, I had to change it to No Mandates VA because it's just was so much broader than UVA. Ab- mm. Absolutely. Well, you sort of called them out anyway, even though they didn't respond. I was just curious whether they responded negatively or at all, but uh, <laughs> that ivory tower you're talking about is huge because they're, I don't know how they can get so many universities and elementary schools and middle schools and high schools and uh, uh, members of the state public health offices. That ivory tower is really big. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it, and it's been very much a <laughs> an organized and coordinated effort. If you if you hear their messaging, um, it's mm. always been very very simple, and that is that it is safe and effective. You hear it over and over and over again, and every time I hear that tagline out of a politician's mouth or a CEO's mouth, it becomes very apparent to me early on that they are part of that coordinated effort to push these things on the public. The only question is why. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, 
I think I think I think Ben knows why. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I have an inkling, and he, I, I'm going to let you hear it he, right he now. He does this to me all the time. Yes. <laughs> Here it goes. That would be one of the reasons. Uh, <laughs> anytime I said, why would I they? I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, why would they do that, Ben? And then <laughs> that, he always hits my, me with that one. Yeah. You know, he's got a bag full of them. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, it, uh, yeah, it's that concerted effort. And, and you, you do, you get, you get tired of hearing it. And I know for me, I, I, I began to take it personal because once you know and then see that most of this that's being perpetrated to me is just it's an insult to my intelligence and exactly. and, and I started taking it that way I'm, I'm like you know we went in we went in the sort of the uh, metaphorical uh, I don't know call it your restaurant or nightclub and we checked in our hat we checked in our our coat at the you know at the hat check desk and oh by the way we also checked in our common sense we gave that to them as well mm-hmm. um and i, I well, just got tired of playing along and and and, well, and it's even worse now it's like it's like it's almost like pulling my eyelids off you know it's i can't <laughs> well i really it, it's and I'm, i don't pretend you know i appreciate that you're sort of geeky you know, uh, Karen, you said well, you, you didn't say you didn't say geeky. You said what did you say? You said you like science. I'm a science my, nerd. My, my, my no, word! Science, I called you a geek, science. by the way. Just oh, here yeah. on, on, on. I love geeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, I'm sort of geeky too, and that's why this stuff interested me. I, I I got sucked up in it, and I knew I started learning more and more about the body, and I've always been intrigued by the immune system and health, but. I just sort of got sucked into all of this, and I'm like, this is not hard to understand. I'm not a really smart guy. I'm an athlete or an ex-athlete now, uh, but I, I just was like, are you kidding me? You people really believe this? I, but, but anyway, the sad, but the sad thing is not to get too sidetracked. I mean, we're making the comments here, but the the very sad thing is these people have come out and openly admitted that the vaccine does not block transmission and it does not keep you from getting it. They've basically opened that right. admitting it. But then on the news, on these advertisements, you still get, oh, well, what's the best thing that people can do for, for COVID see, for this, for the flu season? Well, well, get your vaccine shot. Yeah. Wow. Like, oh, and it doesn't stop there. Did, They're now talking it, about RSV as well. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the people, I mean, do you just not have a brain? I mean, how do you just fall in line when they've openly admitted, unless everybody hasn't seen this, see, because I don't know how suppressed that's been, but they have openly admitted it. So well, they it call it, just I, boggles I call my mind. Time, I call it the great gaslighting of the American people. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, we're, we're in a scenario mm-hmm. where people were relied upon these three-letter agencies um, within our government, the exactly. CDC and CMS and the FDA and the right. NIH mm-hmm. and Um, They relied on them to, it it became almost to a certain extent, do their thinking for them when it came to this. You know, the average person isn't an expert on these types of things. And so we've relied on these government agencies and trusted them to do the right thing and to be good stewards of our health. 
And the problem is, is that I feel like um, they've had that trust for so long that um, they've begun to think they could take advantage of it and get away with it. And essentially they have. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's funny if you start, if you look back at the history of this country, you see that it, the unfortunate piece is that it's not really new. Um, no. You know, the Tzatziki <laughs> trials, you know, all of that stuff back in our history that they were doing and keeping it very quiet and under wraps. And mm -hmm. I think that just emboldened them more and more and more. Um, but it's 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 disturbing. I hated very much to come to the conclusion that this was about money. Um, because I have often um, defended this industry for the good things that they have done. But mm -hmm. I believe in this instance that is what's happening. I, and I believe it's been done in collusion with our government yes. for the same reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't sit back and, and watch them put people's lives at risk for the dollar. No. And it 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 is it is sad and and it's you know i know when we say it's money it's the dollar you know it that's so plain and and vanilla it, there is more intertwined in that because with that comes Absolutely. with that well, comes coercion it it it, be, it you get in in, in it's incentivation money, but it's power yeah well it's, it's all it's, power. Of, it's all of that because you know we all know all throughout history there was always there was always a group that didn't believe it or wanted to stand up against it. Uh, no, no matter was it, what it was. I mean, you can go all the way back to you know Nazi Germany, uh, but there was always a group that didn't you know believe. I, you know, I, I and I go all the way back to the prophets in the Bible uh, when the king would call the good pro you know the actual <laughs> true prophets and 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 have them prophesy. And if they didn't like what what was being said, which was the absolute truth, what, what was going to take place if they didn't act a certain way, they were tossed in a dungeon. They were they were tossed in jail. So my thing is, is if you want to find a true prophet uh, in Scripture, just go look in the dungeons. That's where most of them ended up, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and how and how apropos today, because the people that are are actual standing up for truth today. They're shadow banned. Their characters are being assassinated. Uh, they're losing their jobs. Uh, they're, they're just yep. absolutely being destroyed, and and that's the so that's what happened is happening to the group the group today. There is a group. There is a group standing up, and, and like you had mentioned earlier, thousands and thousands of people are standing up. But but see, you're not going to find them on ABC, NBC, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, whatever, you know, maybe Instagram or just mention some of the mainstream social platforms, you're just not going to find them there. And that's why here we use a term called we are rock tumblers. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, I didn't mention that at the beginning cool. of the show. Welcome all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers <laughs> out there to another episode of The Undiluted Truth. We're here with Karen Reardon, uh, uh, locally right. with uh, the organization of No Man uh, No Mandates uh, VA or Virginia, and uh, we're right in the middle of this discussion of of how this fight has to you know we're right in the middle of it. But what I was getting at is the truth is hard to find, and you've got to tumble. I, we say rocks, but it's probably boulders because you know most people go look under pebbles for the truth right. and they go yeah. oh, that was easy that's the truth yeah. you know and that's just plainly not the case 
so the, the, the very you know the, the, when you say money, there's a little bit more to it than that, and and I believe that that is the driving force because that you want to get you know uh, corrupt people and you want to get to them in a certain way. You know that's usually the way it is. Give them incentives or you know uh, threaten them. Mm-hmm. In in right. whatever way, or or blackmail them, get them to do something, and then oh, if you don't do this, I will expose you, and then it causes you to wonder how many leaders in 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 key positions all over the world, but specifically in this state and in this country, you know, at, how many times have I thought, what does somebody higher up or with more power have on this person? You know, you see somebody reacting exactly. a certain way. And I'm just going to plainly say it right now. I, I I really thought our governor was going to be someone that stepped in and started to do something. But I'll be the first to tell you, I'm sadly mistaken right now. I, I, yeah. I'm disappointed. Uh, I don't, you know, sometimes, you know, they say the proof's in the pudding. Uh, you know, well, I like to see a little bit of, Pudding that I some like more pudding with some proof <laughs> you, in it, yeah. you know, and well, uh, so many, so many instances where I believe uh, the leadership here, the new leadership uh, in the state, could have stood, and I'm still waiting for it. But um, that that's one of my rants, uh, well, Karen. By the way, when when I heard him stand up and say "safe and effective," that was again, it was that phrase that that concerned me. Um, when, when he would put that out there, um, like so many others have put out, knowing that there are major safety concerns and knowing that the efficacy isn't what they told us that it was. Right. So when they, they continue to tow that party line, but, th- but this whole thing has been exception to the rule and lies. I mean, back in April 2020, I remember I, I found an article in Newsweek, which I, I can't seem to find anymore. Um, but there was an article in Newsweek that talked about how there was this research being conducted in the United States looking at this coronavirus of bat origin, trying to mutate it so that it could infect humans. And they were trying to do that in an effort to study, okay, what would we do? How would we treat this in the event that this were to happen naturally? Well, there was such a backlash from the medical and scientific community that there was a moratorium put on the research back in, I think it was 2012 during the Obama administration. Mm And so what happened was Fauci decided in his infinite all-knowing wisdom to move the research over to none other than Wuhan, China. So Mm -hmm. as soon as I read that and then read that they had suddenly ceased all of the um, research in about November of 2019, I don't think it really takes a rocket scientist to put two and two together and (laughs) say, gosh, what – what are the what are the chances that this occurred naturally in the same city where they were conducting this research to mutate it to infect humans? Yeah, right. And and if and if a single mom out of Virginia can put two and two together, why couldn't our government, who were the ones actually funding the research, do that? Well, the so answer, I, common I, core math. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, 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 see that question. You know, the two the two answers would be, would be well, uh, either they knew what they were doing, or right. they're too too. I don't know. Let's just say stupid. I'm sorry. They're too stupid to ignorance. know the difference. I, I'm not going to buy the ignorance, but yeah. 
nope. they're too stupid to know. So either one disqualifies them uh, of of leading any of this stuff. And you know, tr- I, I think they were counting on you and I being too stupid to know. Yeah, they yes. well, they were, well, and still they, are. They. I think they pulled the wool over some eyes, and I think some know and 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 are afraid to lose their jobs, and they, they won't stand up, and we know that. Right. But this goes all the way back to Ralph Barrick at the University of uh, North Carolina, UNC. They were doing it there, and they were sort of uh, given yep. an ultimatum that, that, look, you know, we're sort of on to you. The funding, uh, you're not going to get it anymore. This is really this gain of function. We we can't be doing that, and then that's but, when they sort of yes yeah, yeah yeah that's right that's what they said but 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 but, but you know paraphrasing yeah. but but continue but basically hide it better is what they meant and they did <laughs> right. they they exactly. they sent it off to oh. Wuhan yeah and uh, right. so uh, the darn this information age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, drats, yeah, right? Drats, dog got it. They got oh, us again. Uh, but, but you know, it, it it is refreshing to sit around a group of you know like minded individuals. I mean, this is therapy for me uh, to to you know to hear some of this and to share information. Uh, you know, the, what what you were just talking about. The first thing that came to my mind was the the documentary Plandemic that was put out. And uh, Dr. David Martin, he covers this in so much detail. I mean, it's it's just mind blowing. Uh, but it's it's true. And I've stopped using the word. That's unbelievable. Now I say I, know. I say that is sadly believable. Yeah. You know, that's how. You know, the the used to be these miracle things taking place, the rare things. You know, these these major newsflash headlines. You're going, you won't believe this, but now it's like ho ho. There's another one. There's another one. Yeah, and I, I'm uh, often heard saying, "Unbelievable, not." Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, well, we we have definitely kind of went down the same path and had some of the same reactions uh so uh so did this karen lead you to the no mandates uh and i do know i and i don't want to i want to get your personal well not well your story of uh your dad in here too but i want you to make Mm -hmm. sure that we kind of wrap up uh this uh, portion of it without leaving any other unturned stones if you will there you go right well this fight has really um turned out to be the onion that keeps peeling away new Mm. and more layers so you know it it, this all started off fighting the mandates at universities then it extended to you know the fight that our military was having employees were having um teachers were having Mm. parents were having with the schools it just kept blossoming more and more and more and then it turned into um, you know, uh, informed consent. Why is there no informed consent anymore? What <laughs> what happened to informed consent? And then it turned into what happened to the patient-doctor relationship where you get to have a conversation with your doctor and decide based on your medical history what would be best for you. You know, this is the only drug in history that I have ever heard of that is, uh, that is uh, prescribed for every single patient in the world. Um, without without exception, there's no stratification of which patient should not take this drug. 
you know, even Tylenol and ibuprofen have certain patient types who should not take those medications. And yet this vaccine that we know so little about is being prescribed for every patient literally on the planet. And that, um, you know, that's, that's the one big piece. So I, I often look at my fight as being twofold with one side being these shots mm-hmm. and the other side being the infection and how patients were handled when they actually got infected. Yes. And um, so that's, you know, yet another exception to every rule in our medical history of how patients were taken care of or rather not taken care of when mm-hmm. they got sick. So on my, on my page, I focus on things like um, I've had call outs. I'm working with some attorneys and some prior employees at UVA who are in the process of pulling together a class action lawsuit. Um, we're also starting to hear from some employees at Sentara Hospital um, who also want to um, start fighting back against Sentara and these wrongful terminations. And then I've also heard from um, some private medical employees with uh, private medical groups who are also seeking some remedy for losing their jobs. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it startles me that in an economy where unemployment is an issue, this, this government and these organizations are so willing to cost people their, their jobs um, for something that we have now learned neither prevents transmissibility or infection. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, the other piece that was, has been forgotten about for some reason um, is natural immunity. I mean, <laughs> there's a, there's actually a clip of Anthony Fauci saying there's no greater immunity than what you, you, your body naturally gives you in, in the face of infection. And um, I'll put a plug in for the real Anthony Fauci movie. <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, parts one and parts two, it is extremely eye opening. Um, I know Vampa is having a viewing of it tomorrow night in uh, the Midlothian area of Richmond, and they can find that on their webpage or mine. But um, it is, it's extremely eye-opening, the history of this industry, its relationship with the NIH, and in particular with Dr. Fauci. But um, the focus of my page has changed so much, it continues to evolve and broaden. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it really, it it. it it really does. I, I like your analogy of an onion that just keeps peeling. Uh, it, it there's things that that we're we are seeing that I never thought I would see in in my lifetime. I know that you know we've 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 talked about you know the the vaccine, and you touched on you know the natural immunity, the innate immunity that that we have, and and even Anthony Fauci in you know, uh, I guess, I don't Previous know. Uh, clips. Yeah, uh, a phase of sanity, you know, at one portion of his <laughs> of his uh, his his life or, or, or in this deception. But, and, and that's another thing. We, we see, you know, people like that who are supposed to be the smartest ones in the country, that, that they're all over the place. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, here's the specialist of specialists, and he, he has no idea. You know, he's no mask, one mask, ten masks. You know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. natural immunity, but uh, no, that might not work. But no, you need three boosters. That's better. I mean, I mean, really, am I the I, only, am I the only one that sees that this is insane? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but, well, you know, originally even the mask thing threw me because anyone <laughs> with with two with two cents um, could <laughs> plainly see that. 
you know, the size of a viral molecule is so tiny yes. that, you know, the, the mm-hmm. threads of a cloth mask aren't going to do anything. I used to liken it to taking a, a hand of salt, a handful of salt and throwing it at like a volleyball net. Yeah. It's not going to stop anything. You might have a grain or two that hits a cord and doesn't make it to the other side of the cord. Mm-hmm. But for heaven's sake, it's all going over. But, you know, on display with that, we saw how easy it was to coerce people mm-hmm. and get them to fall in line. And and I was astonished. And I was I was also astonished by how people were confused when many of us would say, not just the mask, but also the vaccine. Don't don't infringe upon my my several liberties. You're you're infringing, and they didn't even understand what the correlation was there. Uh, uh, yeah. And that always startled me too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's why I referred to it, and and some say I was a little over the top, but I referred to the whole mass thing as an IQ test. Uh, it, <laughs> yes, to me, that's what it was. It was just, I mean, really. I mean, well, physicians see. in medical hospitals were were saying that it should be done, and I just I, know. I, I was like, bef- what, I was befuddled by that. You, I thought you're the one providing my medical care. <laughs> you're the one I'm supposed to trust for my medical care, and you're telling me that a cloth mask is going to stop this virus from being transmitted. Well, well, like right. we heard from OSHA experts, that the doctors don't know PPE, so. That's true. The, so why the doctors are sitting here saying stuff is beyond me, unless they're actually, you know, a doctor that knows enough about it. But then you would know that okay, yeah. it's not really going to do anything. So the doctors have to be trained by OSHA uh, agents <laughs> or to, to how, how to even wear and what to wear and when to wear. Yeah, and and the whole right. you know the air quality conditions and so forth. But yet yeah, they, they'll tell you to wear a mask and hey, you know. Uh, uh, Mr. Brown came home and said, hey, my doctor said I need to wear two masks today. Put them on, honey. I mean, you know, it, 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 sadly, we have to find a little bit of levity, you know, to to well, I mean, right. so, when, sort when of you get, see somebody masked up by themselves walking a dog and the dog's got a mask, too, or something like that, and they're out in the middle of nature and nobody's around them. I mean, uh, uh, well, yeah, I, and, I, I got nothing. Well, I, I, it, yeah. Well, it you know yeah. we we've seen a lot of people fail the IQ test, and um, you know I you also touched on one other thing I want to mention maybe a springboard into your uh, your dad's story, but um, another thing that is is another another one of those common sense things is that their own report, the CDC's own report, the VAERS, that you know the the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System is showing all of these adverse events, including death, and even today it's over 30,000. And my thinking is, you know, for, first of all, what, what, is, what is your acceptable death rate? These people that, you know, say it's, it, you know, there we go again, safe and effective. Safe and effective, how? Their own report says over 30,000 have died from vaccine. Because the first part of that is vaccine adverse events. It's not, you know, illness, random adverse events that's causing death. It is vaccine adverse, and it is that report. You, it's it's so scrutinized. You better, and it's and it's very tedious to fill out. You better fill it out right because there's there's some serious consequences if you don't. 
And it's what I'm, my understanding is it's it's very painful <laughs> and stressful to even fill one out. So there's over thirty thousand well, people it, that have died from this. Yet we're still pumping it right on down the road. Yeah, you so know the Bayer's report itself isn't difficult to initially report. The difficult part is the follow up. So when they follow up with the physician to get all the details about the patient, but the follow ups aren't happening. That's that's the crazy part. And if they believed these vaccines were so safe and effective. Why are why, what is what is this unwillingness to follow up on on these on these injuries? And that really brings me to another piece um, of the puzzle I've been trying to focus on is there's a large number of people who have been injured by these vaccines. Mm-hmm. And never before in our history have we seen safety signals and ignored them. Um, I don't understand. And, and this is another call out to the governor, the General Assembly, Winston Sears, anybody who will listen within our state government. Why aren't we listening to the stories of these patients who have been injured? Why are they being silenced? I've been um, asking um, publicly for an audience with the governor um, for him to meet with these families, hear these stories. They are absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And and even if there's the slightest chance, you know, people are like, oh, no, you know, these people were going to get sick. They were going to get this autoimmune disorder. They were going to have this, you know, uh, this heart attack anyway. Okay, well, if that's the case, why aren't you willing to sit down and do some research to look at the potential um, association between these vaccines and these injuries? Mm-hmm. What, what are you so afraid of? They've Never before have we ignored safety signals and not tried to see whether or not there was some sort of connection between a product and an outcome. That's never happened before. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's another thing I'm calling out to our governor sit down with these families who have member family members who have been injured or even passed away and listen to them. You know, he gave a speech down in, I think it was Petersburg a week or two ago where he said, you know, um, the, the most, the best thing we can invest in is in each other. And I believe in the, in the, this is what he said. And he said, and I believe in the power of one, one person to stand up and make a difference. And so my, my comment to him was, I agree with you. Let's invest our time in each other. Mm-hmm. Sit down and meet with these families, hear their voices. I said, okay, I'm the power of one. I'm trying to amplify the voices of the thousands who have been injured. Do Ab- you hear me? Absolutely. Um, um, so, you know, that's, that's another big piece. I'm trying to collect stories now. Um, we're looking at some upcoming events where we're going to publicly try to share some of these stories because people have got to start hearing yes. um, from these people who have been injured. It's really imperative that it be acknowledged before they're ever going to do any research to understand it. I, I, I believe you 100%. I, I think that is so true. And uh, on that note, uh, we have uh, this coming Thursday, we have got a uh, woman that is going to share her personal story, uh, and I think Wonderful. it was—I think it was very. No, this was her husband, wasn't it, Ben? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a similar story to to your you and your father, uh, Karen, and she mm-hmm. wants to share what happened to her husband, uh, and right. and I couldn't agree more that we need to get this out, and and event eventually it it becomes frustrating. Uh, uh, so what? With with that frustration in mind, what ways are are you gaining any ground on getting out there? Any strategies on how we can get our 
local leaders to just give us the platform for for some uh, social discourse. Right. So um, I am working on that. Um, so and I um, would like to have to start with Senator Donovan to meet with some of these people. But I'd also like for there to be a public hearing where these people could be heard publicly and mm-hmm. they also need an audience with um, the Virginia Health Department and with the governor. So <laughs> until they acknowledge that there is a problem, it's going to continue. Um, and so that's that's the piece I'm focused on as far as the um, vaccines. But you mentioned my personal story, and that really opens up the, the second part of this medical freedom fight. Um, and that has to do with how patients um, were handled when they actually got sick with yes. COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the unfortunate reality was, again, we see a situation that has never happened before in our history where people got sick and they were told to do nothing. They were told to go home, um, stay by yourself, and do nothing unless you become critically ill and then go to the hospital. You know, you don't even go to the doctor with strep throat and he would tell you, oh, just, you know, just just go home and wait it out. If it gets really bad, you need to be hospitalized. You know, let's talk then. But there, um, you know, so the, the story with, with my dad um, is one that so many other people, unfortunately, have experienced. And it's another situation where people are being silenced and their stories aren't being heard. Um, my dad got sick with COVID. Um, and as soon as he got sick, um, I was concerned for him because he was older. He has a history of pneumonia. Um, and I was very worried. He had gone to a patient first. And, you know, what should have happened is that patient first should have referred him to his primary care doctor for his primary care doctor for a follow up. Um, they did not do that. And my dad is of the generation where, you know, the doctor told him to do this. And so that's what he should do. And I tried to convince him to meet with his doctor. Um, he was under the impression his doctor would choose not to meet with him. And I called the, his doctor's office and they confirmed that, that they would not meet with any patients who were sick. And I got very upset and what? I said, you know, yeah, I said, <laughs> you're going to have to explain to me how you have 20 years of medical history with my dad. You have his diagnosis. Why will you not provide a treatment plan? And the response I got was there are no treatments. And I said, that is categorically untrue. That is 100% false. No, there's nothing FDA approved. Again, not true. Mm -hmm. That is not true. Um, She got super aggravated with me. Um, I did not have my dad's permission to have this conversation with the doctor, um, that I would have to get my dad and bring him on the phone with me if I wanted to have that conversation with the doctor. And so... um, my dad did not have the opportunity to see his primary care doctor. Um, if I had known today or if I'd known then what I knew today, I would never have sent him to the hospital, never in a million years. Wow. Um, but he did end up going to the, to the hospital and that was, that really sealed his fate. Um, because the hospitals had did the same thing over and over and over again. And that was to bring patients in, treat them with remdesivir, which they knew had about a 30% success rate with high chances of renal failure and toxicity. Mm -hmm. Um, They were putting patients on these products, knowing it wasn't going to help them. 
And then they had the protocol of putting them on a BiPAP or a ventilator, which they also knew wouldn't help because in many instances, COVID, especially in the older population, turns into pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And um, when you have pneumonia, you don't want to be forcing air into their lungs with no ability to get rid of it for, for, for anything to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, they also weren't treating pneumonia. They weren't treating these patients with pneumonia. The, the standard of care for pneumonia is to test sputum and then figure out what the bug is. Is it bacterial? Is it viral? You know, is it a hospital born bug? What is it? And then to treat them appropriately. They weren't even testing patients for what the pneumonia was. And so they put patients in rooms where they denied them of the things that would have helped them fight the infection most. They denied them family and friends. They denied them nutrition. When they put them Mm -hmm. on ventilators, they were given no nutrition, no water, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, no rest. Lights are left on. Things are beeping all day. Nurses are in or out. So they have no opportunity to rest. My dad was exhausted. He was absolutely exhausted had no opportunity to rest, was getting no nutrition. Um, and, and you know, they, they didn't even want us to come in and see him. And um, mm. after about three weeks of fighting with the doctors, um, I got on the phone with his pulmonologist, who was supposed to be a smart guy, and asked him why he wouldn't try something like uh, ivermectin or hydrochloroquine. And he got very angry immediately and told me right away that um, it was not effective, that it was dangerous to use. And my response to him was, you're telling me that I'm going to lose my dad, that he is going to lose this battle. And you're telling me that there's a chance ivermectin might not be super safe. What difference does it make at this point? Why aren't we willing to try anything? And um, he responded to me that uh, there is no one in the state of Virginia currently using ivermectin. I told him that, again, was untrue, and um, he uh, got very upset with me and told me, yes, he knew of one doctor who had been using it, and he was doing a grave disservice to his patients, and he didn't know what he was doing, and I knew at that point he was talking about Dr. Merrick. I was was just going to say it's probably Paul Merrick. (laughs) Yeah, they were already slanderous, you know, slandering his name every which way to Tuesday. Um, and he, you know, I had reached out to him personally. He was kind enough to respond to me and, and, you know, chat with me on email about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was very clear early on, they weren't going to do anything. And over the course of that conversation was when I found out they hadn't even bothered to treat the pneumonia. And that was really when I had had enough and I got off the phone and I contacted the CMO and the CFO and the, um, CMO, every single person I could find, the head of clergy, everyone that I could locate, I put on the email chain with the pulmonologist, told them that I couldn't believe they were making the decision not to treat my dad, that they had done nothing to treat his pneumonia, and that after the after three weeks, even the CDC was saying that even the most infectious of patients were no longer, or the most sick patients were no longer uh, contagious, and that I intended to walk in with my family and they could try to stop me, but I would be walking in. Amen. So um, so the very next day, we got a call from the CMO over at St. Mary's Hospital, and she gave us her permission to go in two at a time for very short periods of time in full PPE. Mm. Um, 
which which we did. And I got to see him in a state that um, I don't even like to think about. They weren't even providing him with basic humane care. And um, I had to take um, instruction from my dad about how he wanted his funeral and uh, how he wanted his, excuse me, how he wanted his assets divided. Mm-hmm. And um, walked out to have the nurse look at me and said, if he passes away in the next day or two, don't go to the funeral. This was what the level in the of, world? Yeah, this is the level of callous disregard that these patients were shown. Um, some of it mm. was due to um, the fact that he was older and they just didn't seem to see any value in, in your life if you were older. The other part of it was um, if you weren't vaccinated, uh, it's just too bad for your bad luck. You didn't get vaccinated. Um, and so, you know, the other thing I am trying to work on is collect mm. stories of people who went through the same thing. And there are many of us Yes. Um, collect their stories. Again, I want an audience. I want an audience with the governor. But more importantly, I want an audience with the attorney general for the state of Virginia, Jason Mears. I want mm-hmm. him to meet. I want him to hear these stories and I want him to launch an investigation into what these hospitals and what these physicians did to these patients, because I believe with everything in me, if they investigate it properly, they're going to see a very clear pattern of medical negligence. Oh, absolutely. And it was all, yeah, you know, and it was here in Virginia, we know, That's, but it was all over the the United States. It was States. all over the country. Yeah. Yep. And it was, it was basically concentration camps the way it was. And I, it was. I, I just want to say right now that Karen, I am so sorry. Absolutely. That you had to go through that, and I just I can feel your your own sorrow. Um, and no. when I hear stories like that, I it's tough. It really is tough. And and you sort of nailed it. It it I never thought that I would come across people that were in a professional position that have no regard for human life, uh, yep. and especially in a position of caring for people and taking a, an oath that says that you will do no harm and do all you can to to help people and i think on on the on the back side of it for me is as i i have to keep pinching myself saying i really am in the united states of america i wouldn't think so uh, right it's it's so tough but you know i here, Ben and I really, really feel for you, and we, you know, we we wish we could do something for people like you and, and all of the rest. So uh, if there's anything that we can do to to assist in, in your movement with the No Mandates VA or Virginia, you let us know. Uh, and I want to I want to make sure that we stay in touch because I'm right there with you. Even if we have to stand outside the office of uh, Jason Mirez, um, whatever whatever it takes, uh, that's re- you know within the law. We're gonna <laughs> gotta be careful right. these days when you say whatever it takes. I mean, um, but uh, but it's 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 clearly criminal negligence. It and, is. and I know there are people that are going to say, well, you know, they were following the guidance of the CDC. The guidance of the CDC is just that. It's guidance. Um, there, there, was nothing, there was nothing that should have prohibited them 
from practicing medicine for the health and welfare of their patients. That should have been what was tantamount to them. And the fact that that policy that uh, administrative people were making decisions on how to treat patients to me is unbelievable. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it it jumped right out at me when you asked that question, you know, hey, my dad's, you've already admitted my dad is not going to make it. So what is, what is the harm in trying these other drugs? Right. And, right. His, and his response was, well, nobody else is using them. Well, mm-hmm. he, he didn't even answer the question. So right. that that's your that has nothing to do with what are these other doctors are doing. I, I ask you a pointed question: Why can't we use these drugs? So yeah. you see, he's 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 dodging. Well, this particular doctor was dodging and ducking, as as many of them were, and of course they were all bought and sold, and and they're going to stand on whatever the 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 fear was that they can't give patients anything that's going to help them. And, you know, sadly, and, you know, Dr. Merrick uh, speaks of it, that he had to watch a 30-some-year-old woman die. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so I, I don't, you know, you know, I'm sure that maybe in their mind it, it, it might have made them feel better, this individual's older, but I don't think they cared, yeah. at least by their actions, and, uh, how old any of these people were they yeah. they were humans and they just were looked at you know not like they were worth saving and that that's that's very difficult that's a tough one to swallow yeah i, I was yeah. gonna say that i mean negligence is is putting it mild in my opinion i mean maybe right. in a few select cases yeah maybe a doctor didn't know or was just you know being you know, following orders or so to speak, but like, um, you know, in most of these cases, in my opinion, this was premeditated medical malpractice yeah. slash murder. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no other real way of putting it. And it's like, like it, it's frustrating because when you have people in positions, just like um, you mentioned, Karen, you mentioned the VDH, we were up at a meeting with, with uh, was it Vampa? Yes, and Doris we were, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Doris Nick. Um, and the head of, uh, the new head of VDH now, was, you know, we heard him Colin say, Green. yeah, Dr. Green. Dr. Green. We heard Green. him say in a little speech, uh, I forget the full context, but he said the so-called uh, natural immunity. Yeah. It's just, just, so right. even him, even he doesn't believe in natural immunity. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you got these people in these positions. It's like it. It I, it, uh. it it really is going to test the perseverance of people like us, Karen. So we we're gonna have to you know to ask to, to for patience uh, and perseverance and uh, and just a constant uh, mental fortitude to continue to do this. And uh, you know, I. I've not got tired of it yet. I've got really frustrated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got a bit worked up in in, in certain cases, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I've not got tired of it yet because these are real people, and and in many cases, you know, we've we've touched on schools, uh, and then now, you know, the the, the CDC and WHO want 
you know, this vaccine part of the the vaccine schedule for children. And, you know, these kids have no voice. They really don't. And I'm sorry if they've got parents that are being coerced or whatever, uh, you know, somebody needs to speak up. And, you know, I'm all for make up your own mind, you know. But, I mean, if you want the vaccine and you think you've got enough information and you want to take it yourself, well, well, fine. If you're an adult, then um, that's fine. But don't push it on, you know, everyone else, you know, me, my kids or, or whatever. I mean, that's that's where the line has to be drawn. And there's there's many there's many veins uh, on this onion, if you will, or in this onion. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, boy, lots of, uh, boy, we, there's more that we could cover, but, um, Karen, thanks so much for being with us. We are about up against it on time. Uh, uh, the biggest question that yes, we sir, have, thank you. yeah, the biggest question we have for you right now is, uh, will you join us again on another episode if need be? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, we can be found, and all the information can be found on Facebook at No Mandates VA, and we can be reached through email at No Mandates UVA at gmail.com. Excellent. Very good. You have just told people in at least 47 countries, we think, but, uh, uh, and, and we, uh, we are uh, doing what we can, uh, and hopefully here soon, uh, this is exciting news for all of our listeners, well, it could be exciting. It depends on uh, how much makeup we have, but we we may be, you know, we hope to be going uh, video here soon uh, and be able to get to get out to events like uh, like we're talking about and what's coming up uh, here. I just got some information from Doris uh, on uh, some other events that are taking place here uh, in the next couple of days. We'll have to get get those out and make an announcement, uh, hopefully. Wow. So, okay. uh, but uh, that would be nice to be able to get out because uh, because I think the more people that we uh, reach, the better we are. And and I I say this all the time, so I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you before, Karen. But I liken what is happening and what we need to use as, as sort of a template is, you know, Martin Luther King wasn't walking down the street with just two or three people. It was a huge number and it was a movement and uh, that's what that's really what it's going to take i think to change anything uh and um, sort of you know we got to sort of pull up our bootstraps gird our loins and get ready to to sort of do this daily um and um absolutely yeah, we and since pre- we don't have a position in power, our uh, our power is in our numbers. That's it. So that, we really have to pull together. Well, well put, well put. So uh, we appreciate you so much, uh, and thank uh, you so much, Mike. And ben. and we we are going to, as we always do, closing out this episode. We are going to have a word of prayer and go to our Father and ask for more strength. So, if uh, if you will, here we'll go ahead and bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much again for this opportunity, for giving us this platform to reach your people. Lord, our uh, prayers and uh, go out to those that are 
involved in, in, in things like Karen is uh, in these groups. We pray for special blessings upon them, their families, ask for mental strength, ask for physical strength. And Lord, our prayers go out to all of those uh, out there that may be damaged by whether it be mistreatment in hospitals that, uh, of an illness that is treatable or those that may have taken multiple shots and um, whether they've lost family members or permanently disabled. Father, please, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be there. Help them to know that you are indeed there, that you have this in your hands. May they find some sort of peace and comfort, if, if at all possible. Lord, be with each and every listener that we have out there. We pray that they will continue to have the, uh, the, the power to seek truth diligently, and may they have the opportunity to pass truth along. And Father, we, we just ask for continued blessings upon the words that we are putting out to all of those countries out there. We have no idea who's hearing this, but may we continue to uh, spread your truth in asking that we continue to hunger and thirst after your righteousness. Father, we once again want to ask for a special blessing on Karen and her movement with the No Mandates of Virginia. Please be with her, comfort her, and give her the strength that she needs to do what you have called her to do. And as usual, as we part ways, we pray and ask that every intent of our thoughts be pure. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.